What's up guys, welcome to another episode of Listen at Your Own Risk. I'm your host, Marcus, and today we have uh, on um, Justin, and we talk about school drama, um, uh, stage, stage acting, it's, that's what I mean by drama, and then we talk about well, how he went out to school with his ADHD and his two papers that are very poetic and they're kind of like a mind puzzle and then once you're like listening to him you're like oh so that's what he's talking about which is really fun anyways hope you guys enjoy and then a little advice from him at the end and thank you there you go now it's working like it normally does all right cool yeah i know i would feel really bad if this just all stopped working right when you came over <laughs> Every other time, it's right when Justin comes over. Gosh, dang it! I ruin everything. Superpowers. I'm an X Men. You're an X Men. That would be like a legit superpower. Murphy's Law. Thank God, Dad. He stopped working. Superpower. Probably specific. Have you seen the superhero movies lately? The superhero. I saw Captain Marvel. Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. No, Saturday. No, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Almost nice. Out of high school, you'd think I'd have like this whole calendar thing done. No. Mm-hmm. It's just all. It's all life. High school is life too. All right. I have a very important question. Yes. And I think this question will dictate much of how the podcast goes. Yeah. Does drinking two shots of five-hour energy give you ten hours of energy or five hours of double energy? It's a head-scratcher. It would... Well, I mean, you're drinking at the same time? Well, like, no, you just, like, have a shot of five-hour energy and you have two of them and you just drink both of them right there. Okay. So I, I think it would, I would think it would just give you five hours of energy. A double energy? Yeah, double energy. Interesting. Nobody's been able to give me a clear answer. Most of them just say I'm retarded for asking the question in the first place. What? I feel like it's a fair question. No. Dude, like it's a fair question. No, that is a fair question. If, like when you get to college, like <laughs> I asked that question in my philosophy of religion class. No, no <laughs> joke. Like this is a question a lot of professors ask. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Yes. Yes? Why? Actually, wait, no. I would say no because the bun is, it's only one piece of bread. It's only one piece of bread? But yeah, what if you... It's connected. If you split if you split the bun in half and like have it like that, then it would be a sandwich. Okay, so the bread split in half. Wait, but like, what about like a Subway sandwich? Mm-hmm. And then like a, like a hamburger you can put in tortilla and you could be like... Lots of burrito. Well, yeah, that's... Well, yeah, I'll have a hamburger, but... Or well, yeah, I guess it would be a burrito. Yeah, just um, be like the hamburger. And then he could, so that one really doesn't work, but you can do... Yeah, like Subway sandwiches. Those are called sandwiches, yeah. but that's still just one piece of bread that just goes around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think you can do like sandwiches <laughs> if you just have one piece of bread and you just fold it and you just like have sandwich stuff in the middle. Now, a hot dog isn't necessarily about the bun. The hot dog is, you know, it's like the beef frank, you know, it's not the bun. That's not what makes it a hot dog. But if you have a hot dog in a bun, then I think it would be a sandwich. Mm-hmm. 
like a hot dog is just a, like a little meat stick. Yeah, yeah. It's a like, weird thing to say. Yeah, with yeah the I know the what I'm yeah what I'm Actually, saying. One of those with, meat sticks. Yeah, what I'm saying. Make it a make it a a sandwich or meat bun thing. I don't know meat bun sandwich. Meat bun sandwich because it would that be then a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. that sounds horrible. Sounds like some sexual innuendo that you're saying <laughs> right there. Sandwich. Meat bun sandwich. What you just say? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, I, don't worry about it. I promise I'm not. I'm not meaning it that way. <laughs> okay. So, oh yeah. Today, I guess is today is today. Uh, Justin, that's me. I'm Justin. Yes. Uh, you are a senior. I am a senior. I'm graduating this year. I might be a little bit late. I might have to go in the summer to get my diploma. But they're still letting me join the graduation ceremony nice. because if I'm not there it will suck 100% will suck who's all graduating uh who else is in classes here oh yeah Stefa is Rose do you remember any of those people yes Stefa I think, I think Bradley is yeah Mr. Martin Stefa I think Bradley is I think Sam is and like some other people I think Alex might be. I don't know I don't really talk to any of the other seniors because um, everybody at the school kind of sucks. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just very antisocial, so I don't know who else is graduating. I think all the people in my English class are seniors, but take that with a grain of salt. Um, so it's mostly just me. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yeah, uh, I told Terry, I was like, I really don't care about this graduation ceremony that much because, you know, it's not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's not worth the $80 that it costs for me to go to the ceremony. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, okay, well, we'll pay for you. We'll, we'll pay the $80 for you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it's all paid for. I'll go to it. Yeah. But it was like $80 just for the graduation ceremony. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I do not care about the ceremony that much. No. Because it was ridiculous. To be on stage and here's a diploma. Yeah. Not... They don't even hand you a diploma. You're a diploma during the ceremony. Yep. They hand you like the empty case and then you get it in the mail or something. Yep. So. It, it, I, yeah, I'm not really sure what, why they have ceremony. Yeah, I don't know. Especially at Hope of all schools who's got like, what, 20 kids? I know. Well, I mean, it's. Like your graduating class was only like five other kids. Yeah. It was, it was... very small. <laughs> Like most of it is just people giving speeches because we're like, well, we gotta kill time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I liked about it is that it was short because there was yeah. so little of us. There's a lot of graduated ceremonies I'm sure you've gone to. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's graduation ceremony was at the Pepsi Center and it was, like, packed. Jeez. Yeah, like, there was more people in the graduation than there was in the audience at Hope. Like, there was more people in his graduating class than there was an audience at Hope, so... So I'm guessing it was a public school? Yeah, it was the Mountain Range High School. That's where I went when I was a freshman. Yeah, yeah Mountain Range High School. It's down somewhere in North Glen off of 25, I think. Mountain Range, yeah. That's where yeah off of 120th, yeah. Somewhere around there. I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where it is. I honestly blocked out that school from my memory. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. I no. heard it's not the greatest. Oh, no, it was absolute garbage. There was, like, it was super trashy. And I, I'm not, like, trashy on you know, teen pregnancy or anything, but there was, like, five or six other freshman girls that were pregnant when I was a freshman. And I was like, 
I'm, I'm not like trying to hate on those sorts of people and, you know, judge other people's lifestyle decisions, but no. like, I could not imagine being a father at that. I can't even imagine being a father at this age. So, you know, you do you, you know, live and let live, I guess. But yeah, I was like, ooh. And like, there are people that got caught having sex in the bathroom, like, like the year before I got there. And so, yeah, it was, it was a fun school. Fun, fun times. Good, good times at that school, yeah. Everybody was just like a druggie and like getting into fights. It wasn't, and I didn't learn anything at that school. Learned absolute, absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's what school's about. Is learning. <laughs> yeah. well, at least that's what they they that's say. That's what they try. That's what they try to do. But I've yeah. learned like more at Hope than I have at like any other school combined. Like all of my other schools combined. That's awesome. Except for maybe like elementary school, because I feel like elementary school is like your most valuable years of schooling, because you learn all like that basic human information. Like, mm-hmm. You know, your ABCs or whatever, stuff like that. Multiplication in your head. Stupid stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, I learned more at Hope than I did in middle school and high school when I was a freshman. Yeah. It was by far the best school I've been. So what's the play about? Uh, The play was Clue, the high school version. And I was uh, Wadsworth, the butler. I got cast as the lead, even though I had no acting experience whatsoever. Just because of this play. Because, oh dear God. Especially me, because... You know, when it comes to things like this, like, I was really nervous joining theater because I don't like having to depend on other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what theater is. It's like a team, it's basically like a team sport, except without all of the exercise. It's like, you know, you have to be a team player. You have to work with your other cast members. You can't just be the whole play. You have to work with the else. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> to make it work. Yeah. You know, we ended up getting through it and it ended up being better than we thought it was going to be, even though all of the odds were pretty much against us because we didn't have enough time to do it. Yeah. We were supposed to have a full dress rehearsal before winter break, and we didn't have one until April. Is that because... Why is that? Uh, so, that happened because we didn't get the script until after winter break. No. And then... The scripts. Yeah. We didn't get the script, and then, uh, you know, everybody was just kind of yelling at uh, Mr. Martinez because he didn't get us the scripts in time, and then it turned into, it's his fault, and then... Pretty soon, nobody had their lines memorized, even though that was our job. Yeah. It was his job to get the script, and it was our job to have our lines memorized. But we were late on getting our lines memorized. Yeah. Except for me, of course. No, no I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> even, I was, even I was late getting my lines memorized. But uh, we ended up doing it, and I tried to get the play pushed back another week. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I was planning on talking principal about it, you know, alone. Yeah. So I feel like I could have persuaded her and convinced her to do that. Yeah. Um, but... I, uh, Sam was in on the plan, who was playing Professor Plum, yeah. and she ended up telling Mr. Martinez the plan to try and get Mr. Martinez on board with it, yeah. which was a big, big mistake, because Mr. Martinez is one of the smartest people I know. I cannot persuade him. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot convince him. <laughs> I can convince Miss Johns, but I cannot outsmart Mr. Martinez. Yeah. You know, that's why I like him as a teacher, is because he can outsmart me, and so like I can learn stuff from him, mm-hmm. but I can't outsmart him. And so when Sam told him that plan, he called Miss Johns in and had Miss Johns have the conversation with us while he was there. And so I was like, yeah, I don't think we're quite ready for it. And Mr. Martinez is like, yeah, they are, yeah, they are. Don't push it back. Don't push it back. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it was so frustrating because I was like, no, we needed to be pushed back. Uh, and then, I don't know if you remember, like, uh, that school shooting threat that happened for all of the Jeffco schools. Yeah. Yeah, that happened the day of the play. Yeah. 
And so we ended up getting school off that day. And so the play ended up getting pushed back a week anyway. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus is on my side. <laughs> it was like, I wanted the play pushed back, and it's going to get pushed back. Nice. It was, so, it was like such a monkey's paw thing, too, because it was like, I, you know, I wanted the play to be pushed back, but, you know, the play did get pushed back, but it was because of the school shooting threat. That's awesome. And so it was like, oh, still got it, though. Uh, and then, like, obviously when the play happened, like, I still felt like we were super underprepared, uh, but I was worried about other people's performances more than my own, because I felt like I had everything that I needed to locked down. Yeah. And there was one guy that I was worried about who was playing Mr. Green, and uh, for the last scene, uh, he was like, he did not have his lines memorized at all. Yeah. And it, like, worried everybody, but then the day of the performance, like, we practiced a few times, and he was still, like, kind of fumbling around with it. But then during the actual play, like when the audience is there, mm. he just nailed it completely. That's awesome. Flawlessly. I was blown away. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you do that during practice? Everybody was worried about you. And like, he just did it flawlessly and it all worked out so well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We actually got through it and there was like a few funny moments where it was like, whoopsies, uh, like uh, Colonel Mustard's mustache fell off in one of the scenes. <laughs> and it was timed perfectly too because he was accusing somebody of like uh, being an imposter or being uh, in a costume or something and his looked, mustache fell off. It wasn't intentional though. But it looked like it. Yeah. And then there was a, uh, and during the whole play, like kind of the main driving plot devices, we're trying to find the envelope that contains all of like the evidence. If you've seen the movie or the play, yeah. uh, we're being, everybody's being blackmailed. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to find all of the evidence against us, and it's in a big orange envelope that's marked confidential. And uh, in one of the scenes, one of the set design, or one of the stagecraft people, put the envelope out a scene too early. Uh... And so during the scene, we're supposed to be talking about how we're going to split up and search the house to find the thing that the stagecraft person left right at our feet. And Yvette, the maid... Uh, was just pointing at it the whole time we're on stage. We're like, all right, guys, let's split up and search the house to find the envelope. And then she's just, like, pointing, like, I found it, it's right there. And, like, everybody on stage is just kind of ignoring it, like, yeah, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there, I don't know where it is. But, like, that was such a big whoopsie, and I, like, looked at the stagecraft person, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't do it on purpose, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, whoopsies. But it was good, though. Like, it ended up being way better than any of us thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So we managed to pull it together, thankfully. So I'm fascinated by all of this because I haven't seen the movie. I mean, I've played the game, so yeah. I, I get the gist of you know, all the characters, Mr. Green, Plum, uh, all of them, but that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, Wadsworth was the lead, and uh, basically what it is was, uh, spoiler alert to anyone that hasn't seen the movie, <laughs> which is you, uh, basically everybody's being blackmailed by, by Mr. Body, and they're all invited to this dinner party. And then Mr. Body hands them all weapons, you know, the candlestick, the rope, the revolver, all that good stuff. And then he turns off the lights, and then he dies. Oh. Mr. Body dies. The lights come back on. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? And just, like, a bunch of murders happen. There's a total of six murders in the whole play. Well, actually, seven if you count mine, because I die in the end. Whoa. Yeah, I die in the end, because it turns out I was the real Mr. Body the whole time. What? Yeah. <laughs> big twist ending. And then, uh, Mr. Green also turns out to be FBI. So big, big twist ending. Uh, but yeah, and so we basically just, we're just running around. It's very like slapstick humor, very like cheesy, corny, you know, there's a lot of sexual innuendos if I'm being completely honest. Like it's hinted at the whole time that Miss Scarlet is being blackmailed for being a prostitute. (laughs) And so it's like, it's kind of funny. And, uh, 
uh, Colonel Mustard's being blackmailed because he goes to Miss Scarlet's establishment. Yeah. And so it's just like super slapstick humor, like the whole way through. We're all running around, you know, like Tom and Jerry running sounds. It was hilarious. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you do, do are you interested in like getting more experience in like acting? On stage? I love acting. Uh, I love performing. I'm a performer. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like whenever we have those verbal projects in any of the classes that we have at Hope, like I'm sure you remember, we had one in Mr. Martinez's class. Did you have any of Miss Dow's class last classes last year? Dow's. Did she, what did she teach? Uh, it was like world history, history, economics, government. Yeah, I did it online, so oh. I wasn't in class. Yeah. So Well, she assigns yes, a lot of presentation projects where mm-hmm. you present a topic to everybody, and I love those projects. In fact, that's the only reason that I'm passing any of her classes, because I don't do any of the work in her classes except for those projects, and it gives me a pretty shiny grade, uh, because that's just what I'm good at. Yeah. I'm good at talking. I'm good at presenting. Yeah. And so I absolutely love performing. And this big headache, like, I must have had three different aneurysms during <laughs> practices for theater, because it was so mind-numbingly painful working with other people. Yeah. Because I'm not a social person, you know. I have good social skills, but I don't like being around people that much. Yeah. I'm very, very introverted. Yeah. And I don't like working with other people. Like, whenever we do those presentations in those classes, whether it's Mr. Martinez's or Miss Dowd's, I always work by myself. Because, yeah. first of all, I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. But I always do good. And so, I remember uh, I, I once worked with this one kid, Brandon. And he was like, yeah, I'm the new kid. Can I work with you? And I was like, yeah, man, totally. You know, I'm trying to be nice to the new kid. Yeah. And like a few days away from like when the project's due, he's like, dude, you haven't worked on this at all. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I, don't worry. It's going to be fine. And he was like, whatever. I'm doing it by myself. And I was like, all right. And so he did it by himself. He had his all prepared like a week ahead of time. And I was doing mine mm-hmm. the lunch period before the class. <laughs> and I ended up getting a better grade on it than him. Yeah. And I was like. I told you it was going to be all right, man. You just got to, you know, I understand like that's really scary because not everybody can do that kind of thing where they just do it the moment of and ta-da, it's all perfect. Well, yeah. And so like, I understand why he was worrying, but like, that's just why I don't like working with people because that's the way I do things. I'm a huge, huge procrastinator. Yeah. It stresses a lot of people out to do that. It stresses a lot of people out, which is why I like, I don't, I don't want to burden anybody with that because I know that I'm going to do okay. Yeah. But nobody else knows that. As far as they can see, I'm like the weak link and I'm just like bringing them down, you know. And so I just, I don't work with other people because I know how it will affect other people. That's good. But yeah. And so as far as the play went, uh, because it was like a team player, I kind of got into this mindset where I had to, I had to be ahead of the curve. Because I knew that I was a procrastinator. So I memorized all of my lines early. Nice. And, you know, I really put in that extra effort, even though it went against my human nature yeah. <laughs> of procrastination. Because I wanted, I wanted to hold up the team. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want the other people to feel like I was dragging them down. I wanted to feel like I was lifting them up more. Yeah. And so I think that worked pretty well. Nice. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to be different. I was trying to do things the mature way right lead by example yeah lead by example gotta do the good stuff and so i tried to do that but nice it gave me serious headache (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's hard to go to choose to do stuff that's definitely not yeah it just doesn't work because then some people that's how some people are with school like they they can just grasp stuff like in math they just grasp certain concepts and other people don't yeah and it's really hard for them to grasp it and that's how i was 
really hard. So I have to work at it. And that's why yeah. I was doing geometry and algebra one in my senior year. It's because yeah. uh, it's taken me a lot of years just to grasp simple, very simple concepts. Yeah. So most people like you hate people like me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just procrastinate. They just do a little. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. Like, I don't, uh, I don't mind. My friend Julia has yelled at me so many times because she like does all the homework and she tries so hard mm-hmm. to stay, you know, on top of things. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of like flying through life, like, yeah, whatever, like not a care in the world. And I still do okay on things. Yeah. And it just like, it pisses her off so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a hard balance between, I I think what you do is really great because I think a lot of kids take kid school way too seriously. Yeah. And that's how I did it a lot of times. And I've learn from that well some people just don't learn as quickly as other people you know Mm -hmm. some people it just takes them a little bit more tries to get it or the teachers aren't teaching it the way that they learn best you know some people are visual learners Mm -hmm. some people are learn this way this way this way this way you know you know uh for most of my life i've had like an above average reading level yeah but after middle school my adhd got so bad that i couldn't read like a book at all because yeah. I was just like, I'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's this? What color is the ceiling? Why do you see, why do we have ceiling? You know? And it was just like bouncing off the walls in my head. And so like after middle school, I couldn't read any books anymore Yeah. Uh, because my ADHD just got so bad. Yeah. Uh, and that was like one of the major ways that I learned. And so after middle school, like you can see, I was like a straight A student and then I hit the seventh grade and I just fell off completely. Like, like hardcore fell off. Yeah. But it's not like I wasn't learning the material, yeah. you know, because I still had phenomenal test scores, yeah. but like I couldn't sit there and do the homework for the same reason I couldn't read books. Cause I'm just like, it'd be like, Oh, one plus one. What's going on? Why is there a B in you? You know, like, no, <laughs> just no. completely freaking out like all the time, bouncing off the walls. Cause my ADHD was bad freshman year. Oh, it's died down a little bit. Nice. But like. For most of my high school career, I've had super, super hardcore ADHD. And so I had to, like, relearn how to learn stuff. I couldn't read books anymore, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I'm doing really, really good now. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I think school's about. It's about learning. It's not not about the test score or doing it the right way. I think it should be more focused on if you actually learn something. Yeah, exactly. And I love learning. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, Lovely. that's awesome. So, see, that's why I think you would do great in college. See, and, I'd actually be worried about college because most of college is like self-driven work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, part of procrastination is not doing it. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like I would struggle with college. I would love like being in the seminars and you know yeah. listening to people talk, but getting the actual work done, it is yeah. might struggle with that because yeah. yeah, it is a lot of homework. I mean, I. I'm not, I'm not an expert in it because three times I've tried college, I've failed every time and dropped anyway. So yeah. for multiple different reasons, but we won't get into that. I want to hear your paper. All right. So let's, yes. let's get on that. All right. And then I have some yeah, questions. All right. So as I've mentioned before, most of my writing does not actually reflect my personality that much uh, because it's all super dramatic and almost poetic, mm. but that's not my personality at all because like I'm very... That's like, I think it's funny that I write some of these things because it just, it feels almost artificial coming from me. Yeah. Cause you're very down to earth and yeah. you're not, you're not at all up here in the clouds yeah. and you're like, no, this is, this is, this is just how it is. And then like you're writing is... this podcast are going to think that I'm like very contradictory. 
personality because I'm like, yeah, I love acting and performing, but I'm not dramatic. <laughs> I'm just in drama class, but no, 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 I'm not dramatic. My writing's dramatic, but I'm not dramatic. I'm not dramatic. <laughs> Alrighty. So this first one, uh, both of these papers that I'm going to read, I didn't actually turn in or do for school. I just did it because I was like bored one day, and I was like, sure. And this one that I wrote, I actually started at the end because there's a line at the end that I really liked for no reason at all. Like, I just thought it was really funny and kind of quirky. Yeah. And so I just write, I just like wrote a whole one pager just based on this one liner at the end. And this uh, one pager, it's called In Our Own Time. Okay. And I received more praise for this than I have any piece of literature that I've ever produced in my life. Nice. And what and was this for? This was just because I was bored. It was just because you were bored, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. And then, so it was just because you are bored, and it's called that, and then what is it about? Uh, what is it about? That's a good question. You'll have to listen to it, All because right. the thematic idea is, it, it's kind of obvious, but it's also kind of strange. Okay. Alrighty. In Our Own Time, by me, Justin. <laughs> I could see my brother just over the horizon. He stood with his metallic gaze... I could only utter a few words because my stay would be swift. I knew where I was going. I have visions and dreams. I can see my future through time. My brother lazes through the day. Going through the motions, I'm sure he'll make it around one day. And I reassure him that I'll see him again soon. My sister keeps her pace very methodical with each step. She is still no match for my drive to success. Garbage under my shoes to both of them. I fly past her, but as I do, she tells me my confidence will only slow me down. Caution to the, oh dear, brother, why do you remain so pathetic? How does one not understand their purpose? How does one sit and wallow so melancholy? Oh, sister, why not live as fast as me? Why elude your dreams by thinking in your method? Dear, I sit and spin in circles, going nowhere, crawling towards the dreams I recall so vividly. Woe is me, I can hear vocals echo through my brain like black tendrils scraping the inside of my skull. Consuming all, the end is near. Woe is me. I chase these useless dreams. We all sit and spin in our own time. I cannot stop. Oh, no. I'm the hand of a clock. Whoa. And that was the whole... That, it was just that one-liner at the end. Oh, no. I'm the hand of a clock. That inspired me to write this whole thing. Wow. And so it seems like this weird family dynamic with this guy who's kind of having this existential crisis of, you know... I have all these dreams, I have all these drives, and then they slowly just vanish as he realizes that he's just spinning in circles and he's not actually going anywhere. Yeah. And so, and then at the end, it just, you realize that it's just personified hands of the clock, you know. Mm-hmm. Brother who's, you know, sitting, not going anywhere, he's the, he's the hour hand. Doesn't really look like he's moving. One day he'll get around. And then, you know, his sister, who's the minute hand, she moves very methodical, yeah. you know, but, but not as fast as the second hand, who's the main character. And then at the very end, you know, he kind of has this come-to-Jesus moment where he realizes that nothing matters and he's just the hand of a clock. And so, like, I honestly, like, just that last line, like, it almost makes me laugh every time I read it because, like, everybody that I've read that for has told me, like, it's, like, it's so good, it's so poetic, how did you come up with the inspiration for that? And I was like, I just got bored one day, I thought this line was funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like I just wrote this whole thing. It sounds super dramatic, and like the way I like read it in my mind, it sounds like very like Shakespearean dramatic, where it's you know, oh how art thou? Oh no, you know, like yeah. very like out there and super ridiculous. 
And so I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And then it's just about a hand of a clock. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> it sounds like it has, like, a super deep thematic idea. Yeah, or that it's coming... It sounded kind of like it was coming from, like, like personal fam- experience. Yeah. yeah. And then at the very end, it's just... Nope, it's just a clock. It's just a clock. Wow. That's awesome. And then you said you had another paper? Yes, this one uh, was based on more personal things. This one uh, this one hits a little bit more of an emotional thing, even though I've said I'm not dramatic. But apparently, apparently, in this one I, in this one I am. This, this one was based off of like uh, personal emotions that I have. This one is called, Do I Need a Reason? As the colors of dusk seeped out of my iris, my grin covered the moon and gave it a new face. The starry sky glimmered and gleamed as if to boast. I could never stop running. The dark made me faster than my shadows, so I ran. Skipping my feet over the water, it was a dance for one, and so I rode my lonely carousel. Oh, moon, why do I regret you so? I sit and stir and stare and wait and wait and wait. Wait, is the object of my solace the sun on this night? I sit and wait for the twilight sparkles, but every breath is felt so much clearer, as if I were sitting at the bottom of this lake. Although my solitude is heavy on my shoulders, I can't help but hope that the sun doesn't rise. Oh sun, why do I regret you so? I stand as the lights of heaven scatter across the water. Could it be true that your warming touch is the cure? Or are you just another sickness? The night has its unmeasurable beauty, from blues and purples painted on the black canvas, and the holes poked through. But the sun shoots its beams as if they touch my skin, as if to flirt. So I flirt back. I dare touch the sun. My wings of wax have turned to water, and so I fall. Yes. Now, that one was about my relationship with somebody from the past. Okay. Yeah, and so... You need to name names? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names, because uh, I still know the person, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think they even know you, so they probably won't listen to this podcast, but... Still, don't I don't want it to get around to anybody and hurt anybody's feelings or anything. No, but it was sort of about uh, like my feelings as if I had to run away from this relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, as if I was almost trapped in the relationship. And uh, but what I did was I personified this person as the moon and the sun. Oh, okay. And so it was like the same person, but it made it feel like it has this duality, this artificially made duality between the moon and the sun. Yeah. Where, you know, both of the second paragraph, the second and third paragraph, both start with "Oh moon, why do I regret you so?" and "Oh sun, why do I regret you so?" And so it's like he's just bouncing back and forth between the day and the night yeah. about what he wants and you know what he's doing. And so I'm not actually sure what the thematic idea behind this one is. Yes. And this is another one that I didn't write for school. I just wrote it because I wrote it, and I don't write a lot. Yeah. Like my Google Drive or my Google Docs folder is actually quite empty. Most of them are untitled documents from me just taking random notes in school. But those are the two that I picked for this one because I think they, I think they, I think it captures how I write yeah. better than anything else does because all my other ones are mostly like school papers and, you know, things like that. Like I have one that's called Justin's Banana Essay. <laughs> Let's read it. <laughs> What's Justin's banana? Oh, yeah, this is the one that I told you about what I got for Christmas. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, the rope, the banana, and the get little soon card. The super, the super weird one. Well, this one's actually not finished either. Oh, nice. But I think that's what, yeah, that's, when that, that's what that one was about. And, like, another one was uh, Justin is my hero. 
Uh, and it was about it was supposed to be an autobiography. Mm-hmm. This one captures my personality, like my real life personality. It doesn't really capture my. Uh, it doesn't capture like my writing style. Yeah. Because those first two ones that I that I read for you, those capture my writing style, like that sort of dramatic, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like you could read that as like a slam poetry thing. Yeah, it does. And yeah. like, especially the first one, because the first one almost rhymes. Like it makes you think that it's supposed to rhyme, but then you're like, wait, no, that didn't rhyme. Yeah, and it almost sounds like it should. Yeah, but I'm not good at making things rhyme. Uh, I don't have any experience in slam poetry, but yeah, do it, I. it sounds like yeah. That I actually, I actually don't like poetry at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is funny since that almost sounds like what my writing is. Because that is like that's the style of writing that I like to go for, and I'm actually uh, I'm actually going to start writing a book pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I don't know what it's going to be called. I know what it's going to be about, and like what the sort of plot is going to be. I don't want to give away like too much of it because uh, you know it's still kind of in development. But basically, it's about this girl, like this little like six year old girl, okay, who's got a monster under her bed, okay, but the monster's like sort of nice. And the thematic idea that I want to drive home is that uh, it's a duality between... I love duality. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, but it's about the duality between reality and imagination. It's like, kind of talks about... Here, I actually like wrote down a summary and sent it to somebody the other day because I wanted to hear their thoughts on it. So let me see if I can find that real quick. Because I wanted it to be about, you know, like... Uh, have you read To Kill a Mockingbird? I have not. Okay, well, that's the thematic idea of that book is that it's um, losing innocence. It's basically like a coming-of-age story where uh, this little girl loses her innocence because her dad is in this trial okay. where he's defending this guy who's on trial because he's black. Oh, uh, okay. And so it's her, and it's uh, set during the Great Depression, and so it's sort of, she. the moral of the story is basically her losing her innocence over time. And that's the sort of way that I wanted to go with this, too. Uh, yeah, I want it to be a, about a girl and a monster under her bed that's actually nice, but I want the thematic idea to be about the duality between the two characters. I want the girl to represent imagination, fiction, and innocence. I want the real-life girl to represent fake stuff, and I want the and I want the monster, the not-real creature, to represent reality, non-fiction, and perspective. Okay. And so it's sort of like an ironic duality where... Yeah. The you know. fake is the real, and the real is yeah. the fake. And so how I want it to be is, like, uh, the monster is more of a reflection of her reality. Yeah. And I want to base it heavily in reality. I want it to have very real plot devices. You know, I you know, because one of my favorite uh, book series is Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin, which is Game of Thrones, uh, which is also my favorite show. It's a fantastic show. And part of the reason I love it so much is that even though it's a fantasy show, it's... Like, the the plot devices, you know, everything makes it feel, like, so real, you know. Pe- you know, all of your favorite characters are subject to die at any moment. You know, nothing's immortal in the in this show and in these books, you know. And so it feels like people's actions have real consequences, and it feels like everything is dire. It feels like none of these characters are immortal. And so you're so much more engaged, and you have to... You know, it really builds up tension in you as a watcher or as a reader. Yeah. And I absolutely loved that. I love that it wasn't, you know, Superman story where 
oh, Superman dead? Nope, he can't die. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I like that. I don't. I think that's why nobody likes Superman because he can't be beat. No, yeah. So it doesn't feel like there's any consequences to whatever he does. No. And yeah. so I wanted to do that, but I wanted I wanted more. I wanted more of that reality, that dark reality that, you know, it's that's in reality that we don't really like to talk about that much. Yeah, it's more just about real life instead of yeah uh, or just I, I guess not well you know it has that whimsical side with the monster under her bed her bed who's like yeah. a big glowing dragon or whatever who's like super nice and it's based in fantasy can grant wishes but then at the same time you know there's it's real her parents are dying or you know she's getting raped or something things that bring to life real issues that we have in the world and setting it to make it feel like you know, this character who the audience is going to focus on, it makes it feel much more dire. It makes it feel like they have a connection to that person and they can actually relate to that person. Like, oh yeah, I struggled with that or I struggled with that. And, you know, I want it to, I want to base it in reality so it feels like there are real consequences to real actions that people could actually have. Yes. Yeah, and I wanted the monster to represent those sort of things, you know. I wanted, you know, as her perspective on reality sort of darkens as she gets older, mm. so does the monster. The monster starts out, like, nice and friendly, granting witches, you know, here's a pony, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then over time, you know, like, she'll get depressed or something will happen to her family or her, yeah. and the monster will reflect her reality of that. And then she'll still be innocent. Yeah, and she'll be trying to, and, like, that's that duality where they just kind of crash into each other, where mm-hmm. she's supposed to represent innocence and imagination and everything that we like as parents want to have our kids to hold on to we want our kids to be imaginative you know i mean neither one of you neither one of us have kids but i'm sure when we do we want them to you know keep their their imagination in that little light that's in their eyes yeah and so i want her to capture all of those sort of childhood emotions and i want the monster to sort of capture all of that real life dark stuff you know, showing the light and the darkness of the real world. Yeah, I like that. I like that going together. I don't know, this really, it's not, it's nothing like it, but when you just say monster under the bed and yeah. little girl, I always think of Monster Inc. So that's, that's, that's just what's coming to mind right now. But, yeah. Dang, that was my second idea. <laughs> Gosh, it's not already it. been taken. Oh, <laughs> Pixar, did uh, again. But yeah, like that all, that all started because I actually had a dream about that sort about like this it was like this really dark gruesome dream where mm-hmm. this girl was just laying in bed and then all of a sudden like these monster hands just started like clawing her arms and legs and so it was like a really like dark dream that woke me up because yeah. i was like well that was freaky and then like you know as you know like as i went throughout the day i, I was like you know like i feel like that sort of imagery i feel like it's effective you know it woke me up out of my sleep yeah i feel like that's a good sort of imagery that you know, everybody, especially if it appeals to younger people, yeah. I'm not talking like six-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want to have very mature themes in the book. Yeah. Um, but I but it'll probably appeal to you know younger teens. Yeah. Just because of the sort of because I feel like younger teens ha- are still sort of in that place of innocence and imagination. Yeah. And, and they haven't lost that completely. You know. And as a kid, everybody thinks they have a monster under their bed or something like that. And so I wanted to capture those very real emotions that everybody has. And I wanted to bring those to life in the book. Yeah. And then just dual, yeah, like you were saying, duality. I love dualities. I like like writing about dualities. That's cool. 
Uh, that's awesome, dude. And then uh, question I got for you. So the um, uh, the first one. Let's see. I, I got two, but I want to. All right. What is I've, I just been asked this a couple times. I think it's an interesting question. Don't ask people this. Uh, what is your five year plan? My five year plan. Ooh. Well, uh, I'm actually taking over a fifteen hundred dollar rent payment this summer. Ooh. Yeah, I'm living on my own. Nice. I need to find a lot of roommates. If you're looking for a place to live, Marcus, I know I know where you could find some rooms. Cheap, cheap rent. But uh, anyway, and so right now, like, that's kind of all I'm focused on is just, like, the next few months of... Because I don't have a job right now. I quit my job. I had a job, but I quit. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, with the play coming up, everything just kind of, like, crashed down immediately, and it was kind of intense. And so I was like, yeah, no... And like some stuff came up and I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get another job because I can't do this one right now. Yeah. Uh, and I worked as a groundsman for an arborist, which was very, very hard labor. And if you don't know what an arborist is, it's a person that cuts down trees, kind of like a lumberjack, but oh. it's like house calls and stuff like that. Okay. That's and cool. so a lot of my job was picking up, you know, 30, 40 pound logs and throwing them over a fence, nice. carrying them, you know, pretty far distances. And so it was pretty exhausting, but you know, and so I quit that job because that was a while ago. And so I need to get a job really soon because I'm taking over the entire house payment. It's a four-bedroom house. Uh, and so I don't know how long I'm going to be at the house, but it's going to be at least for two months. And so that's what I'm doing for the summer. And then after that, I'm going to be out of high school. You know, I'm out of high school in May, which what? is like a weird thought to think about because I don't know what, like, like, what am I going to do after that? Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to go to college? I don't know. I haven't filled out any co- college as- applications and, you know, I don't have any scholarships and I don't have grants. So if I do go to college, it's probably just going to be a community college for my associate's degree. But, and so who knows? Do you have hobbies that you would like to pursue and get like further experience in them and then maybe make some money off of, or do you well, have... man, if I could make money off of my hobbies, that would be fantastic, but... Most of my hobbies, you know, like, I love acting and performing, as I said, mm-hmm. and I'm also a drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love playing drums, and I love music, and I'd love to learn how to play other instruments. Uh, I'd love to learn how to play bass guitar. When I was in middle school, I played trumpet and trombone, but I don't remember how to play those anymore. Uh, and I just always loved music so much. Yeah. And so if I could make money off of making music, that would be amazing, but you have to be really, really, really good to do that. Yeah. Um, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm an okay drummer, but... Uh, I don't have nearly enough practice doing it, because my current roommates that I have, um, uh, they don't really like the drums that much, which is kind of frustrating, but I I still find time here and there (laughs) to play, so, so, yeah. I don't have a lot of hobbies, actually. Most of my hobbies involve watching TV. (laughs) No. No. Hey, those are good hobbies. Occasionally, I pick up something to read, but reading is still kind of difficult, uh, because my ADHD is still kind of there, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Like I used to not be able to read at all because I would just be like, oh, distraction everywhere, huh? So you're living in the house now? Yeah. Cool. And then is someone, like, going out? Is that why you have to take yep. over the... Oh, yep. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm not looking for a house currently. Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I am very lucky. I don't have to pay rent. I've paid rent, I think, four months when I was up in the mount- lived up in the mountains, but yeah. which was really fun. But... Uh, so I know it, it kind of just takes all your cash and yeah, stuff like, just oh, to, just to live. <laughs> I'm an adult. Oh God. Yeah. And okay. And then the other question, 
I have that I want to ask people is what advice, since it's about school, this kind of podcast, do you have for students? Like what's some advice or like one piece of advice that you think has helped you or that you just think is really good advice? So the advice that I have and that uh, whenever anybody asks me like how I do so well on presentations, and I believe you asked me the same question for the final project in English when you were presenting about snowboarding. I remember that project. And I remember you asked me uh, for any tips that I could give you. Yeah. And I told you, don't act like you're too cool for it. You know, you're passionate about snowboarding, so be passionate in your presentation. You know, because a lot of kids, like especially younger ones, like freshmen and middle schoolers, they all think that, like, oh, I'm too cool to do this. Oh, you know, and they get on, they get on and uh, they're starting to present something and they just start laughing because they're like, yeah, this is so ridiculous. I can't believe I'm doing this. Don't be that guy. Yeah, well, it's not... Being cool, that's not anything. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, if you have a passion and you can go at it, that's awesome. Yeah. It, coolness really isn't a factor. Exactly. It's like, I don't know what... I, I don't do know you know what, exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like those people that are just like, oh, I'm too cool to do this. Yeah, and then they just, they don't go after anything, their passion, because they don't yeah. want to be exposed for their feelings or that they actually care about something. It's easier to not care than to try and fail. Yeah, exactly. And that's that sort of attitude that whenever anybody asks me for advice like that, I always tell them to lose that attitude. Yeah. You know, that's good. Just go for it. You know, was with every project. I, I totally act like a dork every time I present anything. Like when I perform anything like for the play clue, one of the scenes I jump around and stomp around and scream like a toddler yeah. having a tan ever having a temper tantrum. That was so much fun. I loved doing that scene because I just got to like completely let loose and act like a complete ham. It was so good. Yeah. And everybody laughed and it was hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, this is so good. Yeah. I'm just running around stopping like, ah! And it was so much fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know? But if you have that cool guy attitude, you could not have done that. No. You know, you would have been like, oh, whatever, uh, you know, like, that's not cool. Nobody likes that. Nobody, nobody likes watching that kind of person. No, you know, that kind of person doesn't make a difference. No. You know, that person doesn't get featured on TED Talk. That kind of person doesn't do anything with their lives. They're just one of those background characters in somebody else's life. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be a background character in somebody else's life. I want to be, I want, I want my own life to be known to people. And so I think if I had to give any one bit of advice to somebody, it would be lose that cool guy attitude. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be the cool guy that you're better than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Like, because be a dork, be a dork. Yeah. I, I, a hundred percent agree. Cause it's not, it's, you're not gonna, it's, you're not going to enjoy it anymore. If you even achieve a yeah. cool guy status, if that is such a thing. And usually yeah. the, the guys that people consider are cool are the ones that, that they're imitating are the ones that they work at their, their exactly. things that they actually like. Exactly. And then because maybe they have a relaxed attitude, but it's not because they just don't care. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying like you need to like hardcore do all your schoolwork. Cause like, I'd be a huge hypocrite if I said that was, the thing that you should do because I don't do all my schoolwork. I don't like I haven't touched any piece of homework in it's like the entire year. Like I'm not a model student, but like in class, I'm always the first one to like give my opinion. I'm always the first one to participate in the conversation. 
like, I love participating and I love learning. Like, and I'm not too cool to learn, you know. I just, I don't need to do the homework in order to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get the concepts really fast, and so I don't, I don't have to do all of that stuff in order to understand it. And I don't really care about passing my classes as much as some other people do. That's good. Because the school's not just that important to me in that way. You know, I'm more interested in the learning than I am. The yeah. A plus 4.0 GPA, that's just bragging rights to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, unless you're, like, insanely smart and you can, yeah. and you have a plan and you got you, yeah. you got all these steps figured out and you're going to go for it and then you can do stuff. Like, I think Austin, right, he got, like, a scholarship. Like, yeah. if you can do that. Austin's in, like, astronaut school now. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, you go Austin. Yeah, yeah. see, but, but Austin wasn't too cool for anything. No. Austin wanted to be an astronaut and he was a huge dork about it. And I respected that. I love it. I was like, dude. <laughs> so funny. You better like plant a flag with my face on it on Mars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like and like Austin was one of those people who inspired me personally. Even though I didn't talk to Austin whole I'm pretty sure I annoyed him. <laughs> but I was like, you know, he was he he had passion, you know, and he loved school and he loved getting the good grades. And if you love getting the good grades, then get the good grades. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you don't need to do homework to be happy, you know, because I don't like doing homework, and personally, it distracts me from all the things I enjoy doing. Yeah. And you know, I don't really care about good grades as much as other people, so I I don't try to achieve good grades as hard as other people. Yeah. You know, I I do what I need to in order to pass. Yeah. But I'm not going to have shiny grades because, you know, I'm not planning on getting any scholarships anytime soon. I like that. See, I, think, I like that attitude because it's you're going to live your life. You're not living your life because other people are living yeah. their life this way. You're like, okay, so this is me. I'm doing I'm doing what I need to do yeah. to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. No, it's you not. Know? And if you do what you need to do to make sure that you're okay, I'll then, you don't, then you don't put anything on other people. Exactly. And it's not, you don't make it other people's life harder because you're trying to go so hard yeah. and you're trying to achieve these things that other people achieve. Come on, kid. Why can't you just do it like this? But it's not. It's, yeah. It's, it's not about doing it the way that everybody else does it. It's about doing it the way that you want to do it and the way that you need to do it in order to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, and successful means something different for everybody. Yeah. You know, to you, being successful means something very different being successful to me, Mm -hmm. you know. To me, being successful is, you know, like having a happy life, finding joy in your life, you know, having a wife and kids, you know, supporting your family with, you know, your 9 to 5. Or maybe you don't have a 9 to 5. Maybe, you know, you're world famous and you're retired. You know, the the word successful, it's not like one solid thing. It's, it's, It's like smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, it smells different to everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows what smoke smells like, but you, there's no way that you can say for certain that smoke sells, smells the same to you that it does to me. Yeah. That that's what it is. That's the solid, that's the only yeah. successful smoke there is. No. It's, yeah. It's like... That's like a really weird concept, too, mm-hmm. things like that, where it's like, uh, you know, you could see the color purple, and you know that it's purple, mm-hmm. but... How do you know that I'm seeing the same it's purple? That yeah, <laughs> it's different, right? Like maybe my purple looks blue to you. <laughs> exactly. But you still see it as purple. That's what colored blind people are like. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about like no, color yeah, blindness. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah, it's a different purple. Like it could be a different purple. Like I'm that bag sure that's like a philosophical is question. purple. Yeah. Like, yeah, we both, we both agree purple. that that bag is purple. But we could see maybe it's a different purple that you're seeing than yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah, maybe. That pur- <laughs> yeah, maybe you're green. 
is what my purple looks like. Exactly. We don't but, but we still call it the same thing because that's just what we've learned. That's what it is. It's purple. Yeah. yeah. Blue and green makes purple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for being on. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And thoroughly then, enjoyed it. Uh, I would love to have you back on. My next person I'm planning on contacting, if you want to. That's the only, I only want people, yeah, they want to be on. Yeah. If that's the only Come on my podcast or die. die. Yeah. All right, I know where, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where anybody lives. Um, this has been another episode of Listening at Your Own Risk with Justine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>